0: So we need to stop pouring so much energy into something that you're running with and start running towards the goal that you actually want. And that is that is the thing that always gets me is oh, most of the people that are super successful have been through some deadly things. And that's because at the darkest moment in your life, you can either rise or you can either submit. guys, it's Phil with the first episode of the Fill in the Gaps podcast. Today I'm going to cover a multitude of different things from Kohlberg's theory to people struggling to pass their licensure exams to someone who passed their exam on the seventh try. And some of you guys may know me from my YouTube videos, but I'm trying to step into the podcast scene, so let me know what you guys think. But without further ado, sit back guys and enjoy. We will start off with Kohlberg's quick review. So, He has broken his theory into three different levels, pre-conventional, conventional, conventional, and post-conventional. And within different levels, there are different stages. So the first one is obedience, obedience, births, well, obedience and punishment. So in this one, children, well, I'll say people because people can also be in this as well. Different ages and stuff are kind of irrelevant here because a lot of people can conduct themselves in multiple different facets. So people will behave in a manner that avoids them being punished. So it's often coined a pleasure versus pain. People will do things and seek pleasure even though it could possibly hurt them in some way, shape, or form. And then the second part of this that we're going to be looking at is individualism and exchange. So key emphasis is going to be on exchange because this person is trying to do whatever they can to get a fair exchange for what they do. So this person, so the people will behave in a manner that will benefit them in the best possible Manner. So if you can think about this, these are people that are going to be basically, task, well, favor for favor. So you scratch my back and I will scratch yours. So if you picture a lot, some people in your life, if you don't do something for them, they're never going to do something for you. They don't do anything out of the kindness of their heart ever. So within the first pre-conventional, they aren't ready to be in a conventional relationship with anyone. They're either doing pleasure versus pain or doing, behaving in a manner that avoids for them being punished. And if they step outside of that, they are just doing it and doing behaviors, even though they could be punished for individualism versus exchange. People will do things that they can get the best possible result for their situation or they're exchanging something for someone else's services. So then the conventional, we have our two little stages within that too. And that one is the conformity and interpersonal accord. So this is when people will behave in a manner that will allow for them to have connection with others so in this particular situation people tend to avoid doing deviant behavior for the sakes of appeasing the people around them so in this they are trying to conform to their interpersonal relationships So that way, they can be viewed as positive. So, this one is often coined as good boy or good girl, meaning they are going to be wanting to be viewed as somebody that is good because people that are good are desirable. So, now once we get past that, we are going to get into the authority and social order level. And the emphasis is going to be on authority and order so this is when people will behave in a manner that aligns with the so- social order or societal laws and norms so the people will behave in a manner that is consistent with the law They won't break the law for anything. And if they know it's against the law, they won't do it. So they see a speed limit sign. It says 30. They are not going over 30 at all. They're like, nope, this is law. Can't do it. I'm going to behave myself. Somebody in the obedience and punishment level might throttle down to 40 to 45. The individualism versus exchange. They say, I'm willing to speed if I know that I'm going to get a reward or know that someone's going to pay my speeding ticket. Conformity versus interpersonal relationship level is going to be, if someone I'm driving with does not like speeding, I would rather go five under. But if I'm with somebody that's like, throttle down, brother, I might hit up to 40, so that way I have that societal acceptance. And then the authority and social order, you could not pay me, To speed. Why? Because I abide by the laws and I am going to keep the order of society. And then, post conventional, think of something that is beyond what you would normally expect in people. This level is rarely occupied by people. And I don't say that lightly. And when I give the examples, you guys will understand why. So, the first one is going to be societal or social contract and individual rights. And this is going to be emphasis on contract and rights because this is when people will behave in a manner that will help impact others within their society, meaning they may step outside. Of the social norm if, I'll emphasize, if it can benefit their community in some way. So societal contract is they feel that they need to abide by societal rules. But if the contract is void or fraudulent for some people in some way, they try bridging the gap. Because they want to make sure that people get their needs met and that they feel that their society needs to be stood up for. So this would be an example of, let's say I know that people are being discriminated against at this particular company in my community. I might march into the community and say, you need to stop being discriminating towards these people because we all have equal rights and all need to get our needs met in some way, shape, or form. That is because I feel that I'm bound by a contract to all my fellow people to stand up for them. And then the level that very few people get on is the universal principles level. And this is where the emphasis is going to be on universal. And something that's universal means that it applies to everyone. So this is when people will behave in a manner that will benefit the entire universe, and they are willing to break rules to do so. So they attempt to make new universal laws to benefit everyone. In an example of this, Martin Luther King Jr. He looked at it and was like, we need to do something and we need to start advocating and having civil rights all around. And that is like Gandhi as well advocated for everyone within his area and country to make sure that we knew that there was discriminatory things happening. And then everyone had a right and needed to start behaving in a manner that stopped oppressing people and that started benefiting people and empowering them in some way, shape, or form. So, the pre conventional, they're not ready to be within society, meaning they're not ready to be in a conventional relationship, which means mutuality. Conventional means that you're ready to get into a relationship, but you're going to behave in a manner that is going to get you accepted within that relationship. So, you're going to have subcultures and sub Authority and social order is where you're going to follow the law because it's the law and you feel like you need to do it. Post-conventional is where you're beyond the normal human and you're starting to advocate for other people that you feel need to be advocated for and empowered. Social contract, you feel like you have a contract to benefit the people in your particular area. Universal principles, you feel like you have to benefit the rest of the world in some way, shape or form. That's the easiest way that I can break down Kohlberg's without getting into the specifics and real examples and stuff like that. But let's get into more feedback and conversation-based. So without further ado, feel free to unmute yourself and let's get talking about someone feels like they are studying with too many materials.
1: All right. Let me start, long story short, in between your videos, the Abgar book, TDC, other people who have passed the test meaning well and stuff like that. It's very, it was very difficult for me for the first exam, when I took it the first time, to actually try to remember everything and try to utilize all the information that I had. And truthfully, I think I was overwhelmed with so many resources that I had at my disposal. And I think with one of your videos that I've learned from, You know, you can't go with everybody. You have to go with what's best for you. And that's something that I want to do for my upcoming test, which I'm scheduled to take in October. And I just want to get some input from other people as well, too, if they've had the same kind of situations as well, too. Because I'm talking to you, and I'm looking at the Apgar book on my table as well, too. And I'm going to probably try to peep it out later on, and then TDC as well, too. But, I mean, it's a lot of stuff, man.
0: So walk me through this. Sure. How do you learn?
1: I learn best by reading, as opposed. I'm sort of like the opposite of most people. Some people can actually, you know, see it through videos and stuff like that. Your videos are helpful, but I can also do reading as well too. Because when I'm at work and I have downtime, I'm, I don't have access to actually look at your videos at work. So I actually do have to read. Like and that's where the APGAR book and the TDC comes in. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I can go either way. Like I said, your videos have been very, very helpful and stuff. But I also know when I'm at work because I'm a social worker at a hospital, so Whenever something jumps off, I got to drop what I'm doing and, you know, get back to work and stuff. So when I do have downtime and I'm able to read, that's when I break out the book and I start reading it. So.
0: Which do you retain better?
1: Truthfully, the videos, to be honest with you.
0: Okay. So I'm going to critique you a small bit. I yes, don't sir. think that you're a reader. I think <laughs> that you're pseudo reading because that is what's comfortable and convenient to you at the time. Okay. Tell me if I'm wrong, though.
1: No, no, no. I mean, again, like I said, I would much rather do the videos, but like today when I'm not at work, yeah, I can, you know, sit down and, you know, do the videos and I can actually break out the book as well, too. But when I'm at my job and there's always something going on and stuff where I'm going to have to stop what I'm doing if I am studying to actually tackle that situation as well, too. I mean, the videos I don't have a lot of access to while I'm at work. So and I want to do some studying while I'm at work, while I have downtime. And that's why I utilize the book. But I do hear what you're saying as well, too, though.
0: All right, so do you have an iPhone? Yes, I do. All right, so there's an app called Voice Memo. Okay. So what I'm going to have you do is when you're reading at work, record yourself talking the book out loud. Okay. So do you know what that's going to do for you?
1: Uh, It's going to make me hear stuff, but tell me exactly.
0: So you are going to have your own audio copy of the book that you can listen to at work, seamlessly and retain the information better than you would if you had to read it in between crisis.
1: Got you. Okay, voice memo, correct?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Write it down. And, okay.
0: And that is the thing: is a lot of times, and that's why I wanted you to, why I wanted you to share, because a lot of times people have inherited a lot of styles, inherited a lot of materials, have way too much things on their plate. So that way when they're studying, they're so overwhelmed and stretched to the gills, they can't even breathe.
1: Oh, gotcha. And
0: then then they're forced. I don't want to say forced because that's a harsh word, but they're almost inherently fall into having to read a book because that is what is convenient for them. Or That's what the most of the materials that you're able to find are. Yes, sir. And that is where if you're an audio learner, you have to create audios to make sure that you're able to retain it. That's so what you're, what you're going to record is up to you. So I would sit down tonight and say, out of these materials, what explains this the best to me mm-hmm. in the way that I'm able to actually understand it? Because some people, they have good intentions, but the way they explain things don't make sense to people.
1: Gotcha. Okay. That's true.
0: Like I can explain something to you. You can explain something to somebody else and someone else hears the same advice that we each gave that person, and they're going to retain it better than it when we both shared it.
1: Got you. That's true. Okay. And
0: it's and it's no harm in the game. You just have to sit down and say, what's going to work for me? But no, very few people are going to be transparent and tell you what could possibly be helpful for you because- sure. They're just going to throw something at you that they can sell you, honestly. Right.
1: I picked that up as well, too, man.
0: So be careful who, who you trust, but also be willing to reach out to the people that are willing to help as well.
1: Okay. Well, that's why I'm here, man.
0: And I appreciate it. Like, that's why this question, a lot of people struggle with it, but very few people are willing to ask it because they feel like they're not retaining the information because one, they're not working hard enough, or two, it's something wrong with them, and that's incorrect. Gotcha. All
1: right. Fair enough, man. I appreciate it. Thanks.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you for sharing, honestly. And if you need Definitely. anything else, just feel free to ask or even email me.
1: You got it, brother. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. Felicia, you ready? I feel. How is it going?
2: <laughs> it's going great.
0: Ah. So, introduce yourself.
2: Well, I'm Felicia. Um, I recently passed my test on August the fifth as a LCSW. So I'm so happy to be
0: here. Congratulations, congratulations, um, congratulations! Yeah. So, say a little bit about your process. How how did you study? What were things that you struggled with, and just how many times and everything like that?
2: The um this recent time I took the test. Um, this actually was my seventh time taking the test. Um, my process, um, each time I would study, I would, when I failed the test, I would try different, um, changing my techniques. I think the last time I failed the test in March, I was just um, very discouraged. And I called into a, a free study group like we're doing today and just saying, ask you a question how to be motivated. And that's when you asked me about what's what's been my process. And we discussed at that time that, you know, I realized that I've been changed each time that I will fail. And you just encouraged me to just have a routine and stick with my routine uh, and not change and, and and just go out there and do my best. And so what I did this time, this last time, I stayed with my routine. Um, just like you said, I develop a routine. It's like we read the questions, read the answer. I decided for me, I need to read the question once, read the answer, read the question again, read the answer again to help me narrow down the answer. Um, I also decided at this time that I realized the clock was giving me anxiety as well. So I turned the timer off um, for the test, and I decided to look at it like I gave myself a time frame, like at question 40, I will look at the timer to see how much time I got, um, and then turn the time back off. Uh, but keep my same routine to schedule those breaks, to constantly talk positive to myself as you encourage us to talk positive to ourselves. Also, um, I wrote a letter. I think you had told another person to write a letter to yourself about your past um, attempts, you know, to, a letter to yourself. So I wrote a letter to myself to forgive myself for that and to realize, you know, I started thinking about this test, not going to this test, realize, trying to show what distress time i realized i i know a lot we all know a lot many of us who's taking the lcsw test we passed the lms test before so we know a lot many of us are doing the work of the um, lcsw we just got to pass the test and i i had to come to the mindset where i'm not i'm coming to the test to show the test what i know instead of what i don't know and then another thing you have told me that was really helpful you have mentioned to someone, you know, you can miss up to 40-something. So when I got to questions that I didn't know, I just told myself, it's one of the 40s that I can miss. It's, and I didn't take too long on it. It's just one of the 40s I can miss. And just anticipate that I was going to have anxiety at certain, question, at certain points. And I, I went through that in my mind before I went to the test. Like you said, just think about it. You know you're going to get anxiety or feel nervous when you get there. And you checking in. So I, I thought that all out, visualize all that out. So when that time come came, it was a lot better for me to deal with. Because, okay, I thought about this. I know I'm going to get anxiety. I know in that timer when it's only got 15 minutes left, then I'm going to get you know, nervous. But it's okay. I did my best, and that's all I could do. And continue just talk and motivate to myself. Um, that whiteboard, soon I got the whiteboard. The the things that I was really trying to focus on is the acronyms. I put the acronym down on that whiteboard as well as the the medicines because I know that was one of the things that I was studying a lot. Even though I didn't have medicine on my exam, I went on put everything, the, those things on the whiteboard to help me out if I had those questions.
0: If you could go back to yourself before you started studying for the seventh time, what would you tell yourself?
2: It's worth it. I mean, many times, the fifth and the sixth time, I was very discouraged. I wanted to give up on the social work degree, the, um, the test, uh, but I'm glad I continue on. I'm glad I also found your videos and put into practice and kept being motivated. It's actually worth it. I mean, it don't matter how many times that I have failed, it's just the main thing that I passed. I, I did it. I, I set out a goal and I accomplished it. And so... I'm grateful for that.
0: So if you, so from what I'm taking from that, is, as long as you have faith in yourself and have a goal, it doesn't matter how long it takes. The goal is just as sweet.
2: That's right, because I have made up in my mind, said, I'm going to pass this test. The sixth time I was very discouraged, and that's when I called in on the, the free group. And I, you know, took the advice. Even though I, I, I attended all your free group, free groups. Not only did I attend it, but I turned around and I listened to all the groups again on the videos. But um, I said, "Let me try this again." But I kept on saying, "This year, I'm gonna keep trying." You know, I didn't, I didn't expect to fail, but I did look. Okay, what well, would be 90 days out if I did fail? But, but I, I did not focus on that because I said, "This is the year I'm gonna pass." I said it last time, but I was still. You know, I buried those past attempts like you told us to and focus on, I'm going to focus on now, I'm going to do the best I can. You said, on your own prep. I said, this is my prep. And I'm just going to go out there and do my best and stay positive throughout the process, keep my routine, keep consistent, and that will help out a lot.
0: And if you take anything into this, out of this experience, please stay this motivated and this confident in this determined, in this field, and you will accomplish any goal that you set forth.
2: Well, thank you, Phil, and thank you so much. I mean, you've been a great, great help to me and to many others.
0: Like I said, it is my pleasure to be even be able to do this. The amount of support that you guys show and you come in and sharing your experience is so powerful, and I'm blessed that you were willing to do this, and I'm so grateful. I can't say how grateful I am, That you were willing to do this
2: (laughs) like once again I'm thankful for that you willing to offer the group so now I said you have said many times there's a lot of free stuff out there to take up and and use you know I have I have I have about the TDC uh, um, information I also use social work to social work in your videos I think for me social work to social work in your video was the best thing to help me out but um, like you said there's free things out there those free, Your free study groups is great. It's awesome. And so I said take advantage of them. If you go to the group, also listen to the videos. Go back and look at the question. Try to get an understanding why you got it wrong, what, what was the answer is. Also, have a routine. You know, you go through a routine when you go to the question. so we need to also have our own routine and practice a, that routine before you get to the exam room.
0: Practice makes perfection every single time. It does. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Even though you may not do it as well as you think you should or how you think you should be doing it, just do it anyway and learn from that trip, that fall, that skip, if you will. And if you can look up, you can get up and dominate every single time. You're powerful.
2: Well thank you. And we all powerful.
0: Yes, we are. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you again, Phil.
0: Anyone else want to share their experience next? Okay. So if you want to, just feel free on to unmute yourself. But I'll get into these questions that we have here. Do I need to buy the DSM five? So honestly. Before I started doing like the DSM study groups and stuff, I didn't have a DSM. So I was two years in practice without a DSM. So it all depends. Why does it depend? You can Google diagnosis and you can learn key symptoms and patterns of disorders. So you don't necessarily need it because... You can just look up the diagnosis and through experience, you'll learn what to look for and how to hone things in. And there are a lot of like digital copies that you could possibly get as well. So you don't necessarily need it, but it's all dependent on your personality and what you feel is necessary for you. I'm glad that I have it now because it's a lot easier to find it. But again, there are a lot of things that you can just Google it up and find it anyhow. So question on mandated assessed with uh, child abuse. So first thing that you need to keep in mind is do we have enough evidence? If not, then assess the situation further. Do not assume anything. If we have enough evidence, i.e. talking to the person being abused or the person doing the abusing, then we can report. Again, do not assume anything. So that is the main thing to keep in mind when it comes to abuse and neglect because you want to make sure what you're seeing is actually what is happening. We don't want to assume or jump into anything too rash. So medication tips. So I kind of wrote myself a little bit of notes. So antidepressants tend to have i and e at the end of them and when it comes to like the generic name it's a lot easier to remember them because we've seen them a lot so a couple of them may be like Solof, Wobutrin, butrin cymbalta etc and then anti-anxiety are going to have lamb or pam at the end of them because pam needs anxiety meds to handle her lambs and then when it comes to the Brand names, we're looking at are Xanax, Clonopins, Boost Bar, etc. And then when we're looking at our mood stabilizers, there is no easy way. You just remember it and parse them all together. And then ADHD medications, we're going to look for feta or bean in them. Because people fiend for their feta cheese. And... Our last ones are going to be our antipsychotics and they are going to have do at the end because when people take them, they are done. So those are easy ways to remember the medications. Again, as people said, there are some questions on them, but there may not be a lot of them, but it all depends on the type of exam that you have. Anyone else want to speak or have any questions or want to share about their experience?
3: Uh, yes.
0: How is it going?
3: Um, so I took the exam last Monday. And okay. this was the fourth time I took the exam. And um, I missed it by five points. And uh, it's been frustrating because I've, I've you know, felt optimistic each time going into the exam. I have used a combination of the the books. I, um, I I started late watching your videos. A friend of mine passed her exam through your help, and um, and I was also using the Leap CDs that I had put on my my iPhone. So I have been doing a combination of of factors to try to learn the content and I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of out of, you know, I'm at this point where I I want to get back. Like you had talked about with the previous caller, um, get back into that routine, but I'm feeling, um, I'm just, I'm feeling a bit like, all right, what, what do I need to be doing to ensure that this time around it's going to be a successful, um, test. And and so I brought up that question on mandated reporting and, Mm -hmm. and, um, one of the, the questions that kind of stuck to me on the exam was, um, they talked about and you know, you're, you're kind of meeting with a, a client that has been referred to you by a teacher the teachers noticed that the student is despondent and not participating in class when meeting with that um, client you notice there are bruisings on her their arms and it's gabbed over and it was like do you a report this to child protect? protective services or b do you then um contact the parents and so i find myself now second guessing myself and and so um yeah that's it's kind of where i'm at phil
0: okay so breathe (laughs) yeah so you, you have a lot of, you have a lot of different things going on. Yeah. You're frustrated with the content and the resources that you've utilized Yes, and are now reaching at different questions from the exam that you recall and maybe not recall exactly, Correct. but only what you remember. So that is the thing As I always tell people don't emphasize on one or two questions that you can remember because it wasn't those one or two questions that caused the right. fail. Yeah. And I can understand your frustration and almost like vulnerability at this moment of like, now what do I do? This is going to be my fifth time going into the exam and I want this to be the last time. Sure. And I'm going to be transparent and we can't guarantee this is your last time. Right. So setting a goal that is, I don't want to say unrealistic, but high expectations that expectations create pressure, which increases, Stress, which decreases performance. Right. So that is where we have to understand what is your learning style? Did you know how to utilize the content? Not to say that you were incompetent while taking it, but were there small things that you tagged on to or jumped to and assumed based on your previous experience with answering questions? True. And um, yeah, because in that in that little scenario that you talked about, yeah. so we have a teacher, kid has bruises, and they come to you and say, what do we do? Most yeah. times people are going to immediately leap to CPS and want to put their capes on and rescue yep. this kid from a maladaptive home that's abusive and is just basically a dungeon. Right. What if they fell and hit their arm and it bruised? Yep. Is CPS coming in for that? Exactly. So we can't assume anything. In that situation, we probably want to, one, if the option is to talk to the kid in their age appropriate, we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And if not, we're contacting the parents to say, so I understand that this happened. What's going on? You get information from them. Then you go to the kid. It's different information. Then we have a stickier situation. We have concurrent situation. And is this the first time? Because if we go into an elementary school right now, how bruised are those kids? Sure. Pretty freaking bruised. Yep. The playgrounds are a r- pretty rough spot. <laughs> right. You'll have a six-year-old on the jungle gym leap off like Superman thinking they can handle it. Yep. And then that is what causes the sticky situation where there are actually people being abused, and there's so many cases of false reporting that we aren't able to reach those kids. hmm So my suggestion for you, relax, Yep. don't be so hard on yourself and almost let go of the previous four attempts because they don't equate to this fifth attempt because it's going to be another (coughs) independent exam. So this is your first time taking the exam again.
3: Thank you for those words.
0: So describe this to me for a second. If you can remember four exam attempts ago, how did you feel preparing for that first exam?
3: The first exam, I probably didn't do as much effort as as I should have, um, and and believe it or not, Phil, I, I missed it by one point that time. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, I think the other the other attempts, I put a lot of. A lot of thought, and I was very conscious of the time that I was committing. i I really wanted to um, have a, a routine in place in terms of making sure that I'm you know giving, let's say an hour in the morning, and then maybe at when I got home at night, I would spend maybe another hour and a half reading or driving the work i was listening to to the the cd's but i i think you kind of you hit on something being in the the exam itself and having all of those past attempts still kind of like hanging there with me in the room in a sense and and kind of Feeding that, that though I, I said I wasn't anxious and I felt confident, I think there were a lot of times during the exam recently that I was just like anxious and, and not, not in the moment.
0: You ever seen the Wizard of Oz? Yes. Well, who did they think the Oz was? This, this grand, grand wizard, right? They thought he was powerful and they should be afraid. Correct. They were running almost. Right. There were people with some real power and courage, and they're like, man, I can't face this. Then what happened?
3: They found out he was just a, a man behind a, a
0: robe. And that is the exam. Right. It's just text on a computer in a 170-question format. Yeah. And if you can take anything out of this. Is if you build something up to something that it's not, it'll turn into what you believe it is. That's called the self-fulfilling prophecy. And the first attempt, you just kept it simple and believed in yourself and yeah. thought that you could do it, and you got close. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of times people get lost, is that they they forget what they're capable of doing sure. and either stop or continue doing it without their best effort.
3: Yeah. I think that's perfectly said.
0: And a good example of this is if you go to YouTube right now and look at my very first video, you will not see the same person. Mm You will see one, crappy camera, two, a subpar audio, and three, someone that's scared out of his mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was because I didn't think I could do it. Now, I I just don't have any fear. It's not that I don't have anxiety around it, but Mm -hmm. I'm so comfortable in what I'm doing and knowing that I should be doing this that if someone has something negative to say about it, it reflects them and not me. So any negative comments that you project at yourself at this time around this exam isn't you. It's your previous self and where you thought you should be.
3: That's excellent.
0: So I need you to sit down and say, what Mike do I want to be? And how do I get there? Yeah. And and what caused me to lose who I once was? Because I'm the, I'm great. I was born to be great and I need to walk in my gift before it's no longer a gift. It's a curse that I feel is just something that I can't do.
3: Yep. Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: You are welcome. And if you need anything, please reach out to me. I'm willing to walk with you and help you through this. Oh, I plan
3: to. I plan to.
0: Good. I look forward to working with you and stoking you up to the massive fire that the Wizard of Oz was throwing.
3: Thank you, Phil. I appreciate that.
0: It is my pleasure. Awesome. Does anyone else want to share their experience?
4: Hi, I'm Tunisia.
0: How is it going? Oh, I was close. I think I actually yeah. got that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So how's it going? How is it going?
4: It's, it's going all right. So I know you always say, don't worry about past exams.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I've been watching your videos and I know you say that. So <laughs> I took the clinical exam. I'm studying for that. I took the clinical exam in March and I was not successful. I uh, missed it by nine points. Mm-hmm. And I was able to take it as of June, um, but I was so afraid, so I didn't even schedule it in June. Um, so this past weekend, um, well, well, the weekend prior, I decided. I said, "You know what, Tunisia? You've waited too long. Um, it is time. Like this is this is your time." So i co- so I committed to scheduling the exam. Uh, the weekend I mean while well, I paid for it last weekend I finally scheduled it as of today and I scheduled it for next month um, because I wanted to schedule it before I went on a um, job trip to California and also I present in October and I am scheduled to renew my license October the 31st Um. Okay. So it's, I feels like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself because it's either I pass it now and this pay for the clinical license, or I have to wait until after I renew to pay for my renewal and then pay for the clinical license again. So I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, but I told myself I was not going to push back my exam date and that um, I'm going to do it differently this time. And this time, um, watching your videos have been a great benefit to me. Okay. But my anxiety, I will admit, is at an all-time high because of the pressure that I'm putting on myself. But I know that this is the push that I need to really um, hold myself
0: accountable. Okay. So something that resonated with me is that you said you took the exam, you missed it by nine. Mm Mm-hmm. Could have rescheduled in June,
5: mm-hmm.
0: waited two months, which there's no shame in the game. You needed those two months to build yourself up and congratulations mm-hmm. on scheduling it because that takes a lot of, a lot after not passing to going mm-hmm. back and do that. So commend you for that. Thank you. But then you said, I either pass it and pay for the clinical exam or renew And then have to pay for the clinical exam.
4: I know, right?
0: (laughs) And how much money is it to renew?
4: So I can't recall, but I know it's, it's over $200 just to renew the master's level. Okay. And to take the actual clinical license here in Maryland is $260. Okay.
0: So that is a decent amount of money. But is the amount of stress and pressure you're putting on yourself worth two hundred dollars? Not really. And and that's and that's what we have to set aside. Is it's not the money. It's
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's your perception of you want that fallback. You're already preparing that you can't pass it. So you, in your mind, you're already thinking you have to pay to renew. Right. So that's right. the thing is. If you already are thinking that you have to pay to renew, just set that money aside and say, I'm not stressing because it's already here. Like okay. if this is if it's really about the money, mitigate okay. that and set it aside. And I'm not telling you to cut back your your life, but maybe sacrifice now and have that money aside so it's like I can focus because I'm I'm not worrying about what could possibly happen. Because the honest truth is. It's difficult to walk into something that you thought was going to work the first time and have faith that it's going to work the second time.
4: Right, right. But
0: every single person that has passed this exam has walked in and believed in themselves with the chance of failing, myself included. I, Everything that I've done in life that has projected and put me further in my life, I did not think I could do it, but you have to push yourself to a point where you're like, even if I don't quote unquote, pass, I have shown myself I can dedicate myself, even though there's a chance of failing. And I love myself enough to be able to do that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and that's, and that's where I'm really trying to be because for me to even schedule again, um, since I've been putting it off for two months for me to say, Tunisia, this is the time schedule and then to find the perfect date that is right before i leave for my job trip and then right before and also before I, pre- I i present at a national conference it was just like this is the time this is the time it was it was like the perfect date because at first when i first looked all of september was booked but every day i kept going back And I found the perfect date that just worked for me. And I said, I'm going to stick to this and I'm going to study and I'm going to be intentional in my studying as well.
0: What do you think you need?
4: (sighs) I think that I need motivation. I mean, I I say it to myself, but the application of it is very low.
0: So let me Um, ask you this. Mm hmm. Why do you wake up in the morning?
4: I wake up in the morning. um, For me, it is a start of a new day. Whatever happened the day before was yesterday. And today I have a new day to start.
0: Who do you live for?
4: Um, Myself.
0: You have no one else in your life that depends on you or that you care about?
4: Well, I had, yes, I do. I have a younger sister and, um, my parents and I have, I have an older sister, niece and nephew.
0: What do they think about your situation?
4: To be honest, um, they think the world of me. Um, they, they really push me and encourage me. I have yet to tell them that I've scheduled this exam as of yet, cause I try to keep it a secret out of fear that if I'm not successful, I don't have to hear those questions. You know, I don't, I mean, just being, as, cause if they know they'll keep asking me like, so are you preparing? Are you studying? Are you preparing? Are you studying? So I decided to keep my exam data secret.
0: What are you running from?
4: My potential. Um, I know where I can go and I know what my dreams are and what my talent is. And it takes me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so it just frightens me to know that I'm going to be leaving what I've become content with to something bigger.
0: I need you to tell your family you're taking this exam. Okay. And I need you to think about them throughout this entire process. Okay. Because if you if you wake up in the morning and you think about the potential you have and you have people looking up to you, you have a duty to deliver. Mm-hmm. And that's not in a pressure sense, but I have days where I'm unmotivated. And... I think of my family and how I want them to get out of the situation they're in. So I have to do what I need to do and be an example. So when you feel unmotivated, think how you not being motivated or you beating yourself up is getting you closer to showing them your full potential. Okay. I didn't want to go here, but I will Every time I get on this topic But do you know why I started doing these videos?
4: No, I don't
0: I started doing these videos Because about last June And if you look on YouTube That's when I probably I started doing them consistently About last June
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That was when I got a call And my mom told me she had cancer Oh And I told myself, Phil, you need to get into action now. You need to start doing what you knew you can do and stop Mm -hmm. slouching. Because she may not be able to see you get to your end goal of being a professor at the University of Michigan. She may not live to see that. So you need to do what you need to do at this given moment and get there. So I got a camera out. I got a mic out. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm like, you know, you can teach. So you need to show your family, that you can teach and have a documented thing they can pull up. And when they feel unmotivated, they can watch your videos too.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that reminds me because when I took my master's exam, um, I, I, had, I had to actually take it three times. So on my third attempt, my grandmother had just passed away. And I was, she passed away on a Sunday and I was the schedule to take the exam on Friday. And I said, God, is that a sign for you to tell me don't take the exam at this time? Like it's not the time because I'm grieving. However, I, I stuck to it. And even though I was grieving, I took the exam that Friday. Cause my, my mindset was if her funeral is Friday, I'll reschedule. But her funeral happened to be that Saturday. So I said, okay. God, that you telling me to still take that test. And so I took the test on Friday, even though I was grieving and I was sad and I was all over the place. I took it on that Friday and I passed the exam. So it just, that, so when that resonated with me, as you talked about your mom, as I was grieving the, um, you know, your mom had cancer, but I was grieving the loss of my grandmother and I still took that exam and passed it.
0: I need you to remember those days.
4: Okay.
0: And you are so successful that you're using that success to outrun that. Okay. Like you said, you're you're presenting at a national conference. Yes. You would give that up right now if you could pass this exam. I would. (laughs) So we need to stop pouring so much energy into something that you're running with and start running towards the goal that you actually want. (laughs) Okay. And that is, that is the thing that always gets me is oh, most of the people that are super successful have been through some deadly things. And that's because at the darkest moment in your life, you can either rise or you can either submit. And those that are successful are rising and it's because they faced exactly what they needed to face. I build a successful thing on sand. It's going to sink eventually. Mm. When you build something on concrete rock and have a steady base, nothing can knock that down. Yeah. And that Mm. is where you have to stop running and say that it's not because I'm afraid of the exam. It's afraid that if you pass the exam, you're going to exceed the potential and you're not ready for it.
4: That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is
0: stop running. You have what it takes and I need you to do me a favor and start believing in yourself and at least three times a day, naming at least one person that's important to you and one positive thing about yourself. Because it's not what you do that defines who you are. It's what you do with what you have that makes you who you are. You don't need to obtain anything else. You just need to utilize what you have in the best possible way that you know how.
4: Okay. Thank you you so much. Oh my gosh, you got me in tears, Phil.
0: (laughs) That is why I do what I do.
4: Mm. This
0: is deeper than a practice test or prep. This is getting you so ready that once you pass this exam, nothing can stop you.
4: Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much. I needed that. I really, really need that. Thank you.
0: It is my pleasure. And without questions like yours and your experience, Mm -hmm. we aren't able to do what we're able to do. So I, I, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you speaking up and telling your experience.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You can do this.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening as well
0: it is our pleasure and if you need anything please reach out to me or anyone in the chat they are here for you as well
4: thank you
5: thank you so much
0: does anyone else want to share hello how is it going
5: it's going good how are you
0: i am doing well A little fired up but i i'm, I'm manageable <laughs> good, good. um hello everybody um so bill
5: um I have utilized some of your study groups um, in the gym. I have utilized your videos. Um, I've been in a few study groups before my first attempt back in May. Um, I took the LMSW exam, um, May 13th to be exact, and I went in pumped, use Don Apgar, a few other study materials that a few of my colleagues utilized, um, your videos. Um, I also contacted social work, to, um, day-to-day social work, sorry, um, and had some one-on-one sessions with Ashley as well. And I was pumped, excited, went in there, expecting best. I just knew that I was going to pass. Um, Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I went in, I sat down, and I felt like everything that I studied just went away. Mm. And it was just me and the computer, no knowledge. I wrote down the acronyms. The acronyms when I was studying made sense, but then it didn't make sense when I was in front of the computer. And I came out, I needed 99 correct, and I got 98 um so I told myself um you know let's back up for a little bit decompress congratulate yourself for a job well done um and then let's revisit it within the 90-day period um so July I paid um, my money again to take my exam and I have a scheduled date for September 5th um on Facebook, there's a group, um, a study group, um, and I've been a part of that, and a lot of people have been talking about TDC, so I've purchased the TDC system, mm-hmm. um, and I'm utilizing it. I'm learning some things that I didn't learn through my first study, and um, but I'm getting discouraged in my performance in the exams. Why? Um, I'm getting discouraged due to the fact that I am not meeting the standards that are not, um, that are stated, that are listed as, quote, unquote, passing, um, sort of say. So, I mean, as some know, they have uh, quizzes, they have tests, and then they have, like, two mock exams and then, like, one final exam Mm -hmm. uh, through the program. Um, so I've been doing the quizzes, good on the quizzes. I think the lowest I got on one of the quizzes was like a 17 out of 24. Correct. Um, but when it came to the test that broke down into three subsystems of the DSM, uh, five values and ethics and crises intervention, um, I scored low on the values and ethics. I got like a sixty-eight percent um, when they stated that they were looking for a mid-seventy percent. Okay, as exam readiness. Um, this morning I took a mock exam and I got fifty-two out of the eighty-five questions mm-hmm. right. So. It made me ponder and think if I am ready to take the exam on the fifth. um, Are the practice questions um, a reflection of how I will do on the exam, or do I actually know the content? Um, So I've been nervous. I I, part of me wants to push back the exam. But another part of me just wants to go and take it. But I'm nervous because I don't know what the outcome is going to be.
0: Help me understand something. Yeah. You failed by one point. Yeah. Why are you acting like the system is broken?
5: Because I didn't feel confident going in. I mean, I felt confident going in. But once I seen the question, I felt like all the information that I retained just went away for the exam so i thought buying something or utilizing something that everyone um is uh praising i would uh get the same results
0: what are you running from
5: um
0: failure have you ever have you ever changed a light bulb
5: have I changed the light bulb? Yeah.
0: Did you whip out a hammer and pop a hole in the ceiling and rip the whole light all down? No. What'd you do?
5: I just got a new light bulb.
0: Yeah. You basically are putting a hole through your ceiling and trying to force something when you it wasn't broken. You failed by one point, not 300. Okay. You know what I mean? Like You're talking like, man, I I had to get a whole new system. And a key thing you said is it worked for everyone. Everyone's telling you this. But you're not everyone, man. You have a different learning style and it may not be resonating with you. So now you have a whole newfound system of pressures and standards that you feel that you have to meet. And there's only one indicator if you're going to pass the exam. Do you know what that is? No. The actual exam. You know what I mean? Like you're setting your standards up based on a program that is help supposed to help prepare you, and it's making you more anxious and talking you out of taking the exam. Do you think that's a good deal? Um, no. Um. So, and and I'm not saying it's I'm not saying anything bad about them or that they're good or whatever. I'm just saying you feel like you need to change almost the way that you did things and now it's making you uncomfortable and it's not benefiting you at all and i'm not saying at all but it's making you more anxious than when you did what you did before and it made you feel pumped up and like you could put a hole through a wall and run through it like the kool-aid man yeah so my suggestions would be to sit down and say either one i'm being really hard on myself or two it's going to be okay, and I need to utilize this program, maybe not based on their standards, but what I'm comfortable with. Okay. Because this exam is not all content. It's how you apply the content. And if you're applying the content decently well, go ahead. And what you told me is you took a half exam. And if you got a 53 out of 85 on a half exam, what is the other half going to look like? How many do you think you'll get wrong on that end? It's not applicable to an actual full exam. Right. So you can't shoot yourself in the foot for one half and then be like, yup, the other half I would have failed the, the equal amount of them. Okay. You might have got every single one right of the additional 85 if they existed. So you have to focus in on what works for you and don't let other standards and what people are telling you that you should be hitting dictate how you hit. There are people that take that program that you bought and they f- fail everything on the that That system's exams, and then they walk in the real exam and kick it in the chest and pass. And they're like, "Holy smokes, I didn't think I would and It's like, well, it's because the, it's utilized to help you prepare, and that's why it's called a prep program, preparation program. It's supposed to prepare you to do the real thing. It's like practice. And if you're practicing a skill, you're not going to get one hundred percent on everything. And if you did, you wouldn't need that preparation thing. All right. So I would say either change the way that you're studying or change the view of the way that you're studying.
5: Okay.
0: Does that make sense? Yep. So would you say change the date? No. <laughs> okay. You okay. failed by one point. Okay. Okay. There's only one. That's a lie. There are two circumstances that I tell people to change their exam date. One. If something major happens in your life, meaning someone steals your car, someone blows up your house, you have a house fire, you have a family tragedy, etc., the second is if you get into like a car accident or have a medical condition. Do you have either one of those going on currently? No. So do you think that you lack anything to actually pass the exam besides confidence? No. Then why reschedule?
5: Um, I think for myself, it's um my test anxiety. Anxiety. Um, I think I um my perception of because I told only a couple of people this time. Um, but I don't want to seem as a failure or as less bad. Um, so I just
0: I don't. Who do you think will judge you?
5: to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I, I I think, um, I just don't want to deal with the questions on, of why, why did you fail or how did you fail or from who? Um, from peers, um, colleagues I went to school with that I graduated with last year. What Um, do you
0: think they'll say if you said you failed?
5: Tell me to take it again in 90 days. Like they told me to do in, um, May.
0: Oh, so they're not beating you up?
5: No, not beating me up, but it's, uh, okay, maybe it's myself internalizing that.
0: Exactly. Because you're perpetuating this giant that your friends are going to hate you, no one's going to want to talk to you, and they're building you up. They're walking with you and trying to help you build yourself up, and you're sledgehammering yourself down and saying, yup, they hate me. What's the, what's the benefit of that? There is none. Well, there is some. It's safe for you. It's easier to destroy yourself so no one else can. These are all lies that are perpetuated around why people beat themselves up. But unless, unless, and this is the best piece of advice I can give anybody. So if you take anything from today, the best thing that you can invest in is yourself. Because that is the only thing that you will consistently be able to reap 100% of the benefits from.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: But unless you invest and are willing to build yourself up, regardless of how successful you get, it'll always crash down because you don't believe that you deserve it and you can't handle it. Okay. So I need you to start doing positive affirmations, telling yourself that you're proud of yourself and you're exactly where you need to be and that you are enough. Okay. This exam doesn't define if you're enough because being just who you are is enough. Anyone puts any other prerequisites on you that you need to do X, Y, or Z to be enough, cut them off because they're not trying to build you up. They're trying to benefit from building you up. You are enough. Thank you it is my pleasure honestly thank you for sharing and if you need anything else please feel free to reach out
5: i will thank you so much
0: it is my pleasure all right does anyone else want to share their experience or ask a question hello how is it going
6: hi it's going well um i just wanted to share my experience i mean i've really been motivated by this um this um this I'm, I'm just full right now because of last two calls um they just been very encouraging to me but <clears throat> i took my test back in 2012 and um i did not have a good experience i felt like i prepared and i felt like i studied but i did not pass and so because of um, not passing and then i lost all my hours and i had to like restart everything over I just wasn't motivated, and um, I was able to find jobs that I was content with. Um, I've done at home. I've done day treatment. I've done work wherein I felt content, but I I knew that that wasn't my full potential. I was just comfortable, and so I kept putting off taking the test, putting off taking the test, and so this year, I decided that um, I was going to take the test. I have a test date of September 14th. And um, I felt better this time preparing. I've used um, Social Work to Social Work, and I've used your videos. But um, I still really get very bad anxiety when I'm studying. It's like two weeks ago, I was in a study group. We were talking about diagnosis, and I had a panic attack. Just listening to the information, it was just too much. It was very overwhelming, and I just started, you know, like I couldn't breathe. I just felt really nauseous. I I just get very, very anxious when it comes to studying because I lack that self-confidence. I feel like that I'm gonna, like I'm I'm telling myself if I don't pass, it doesn't affect my job. It only prolongs me from getting to my end goal, which is to be a therapist. I know I'm a good therapist. I know that that's my calling. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And the only thing keeping me from that is the test. So I, I tell myself if I don't pass, it doesn't affect my job and I just have to reschedule. But when you I'm studying believe that I feel having a problem with the anxiety.
0: Do you believe that?
6: Do I believe
0: that if I do not pass it will not affect my job.
6: So what I mean by that is some people they will lose their job if they don't get there if they don't get there. My my current position is not a clinical position so if I don't pass it's not like I will lose my job.
0: Don't you lose a job though? Do you know what I mean? No. You lose the job that you want. Yes, yes, I do. So that's where you have to be honest with yourself and not tell yourself, if I do not pass, I don't lose something. You lose a lot. Yes. And I don't mean to put pressure on you and tell you like, how dare you? But unless you start being honest and saying, if I don't pass, I may not get this job that I want. And once you say that, your anxiety is going to probably dissipate because you're being honest with yourself at that moment. Because I feel like you're wearing two hats right now. And tell me if I'm wrong, because I can be off base. But on the outside, you're okay with the way you're studying and going through the motions with however everyone else told you how you should study. But internally, it's not really resonating with you, and you're not learning it, and it's making you more anxious. And you're kind of mad at yourself and saying something's wrong with you rather than the way you're studying. And you really want to get this done.
6: Yeah. Yes. That's accurate.
0: Ooh, therapist in me is fire. No, I'm kidding. But um, that is where you have to just be transparent and, and take the mask off and say, I'm struggling and what I'm currently doing is not working. So what do I need to do to get me closer to where I want to go?
6: Yes, because I do not want to change my test day. I test September 14th, and I feel like I have enough time to really hone in on what I need to do to prepare to conquer this exam. Like I feel like I do. I just need direction, I guess, is what, what you just said.
0: What are you doing tomorrow night?
6: No, no, I mean, outside of studying, nothing.
0: Come to my study group. Send me an email and I'm going to let you in the study group as my guest. Okay. Because I, I want to help you and I feel like you're reaching out to me because my style resonates with you and I want to help you and see if it works for you.
6: Okay. And I have watched your video and I use the acronym um, that you had used on your video. Um, I just need help with really. Applying it to the application question, so I feel like if I get some direction and if I get my routine, I really feel like I can conquer I know I, I know I can do it. It's mm-hmm. just having the um tools that I need.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where I guess we need to be almost honest and say, I made a mistake buying this material, and it was based on what someone else wanted me to do, and it doesn't work for me.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's okay. We make mistakes all the time. And I'm not, and again, I'm not bad mouthing any programs or anything, but there are things that don't work for people and there are things that really, really work for people. Right. And that's where I think you didn't want to say that it doesn't work for you because there's a factor of like, well, it has to work for me because it worked for people I know.
6: Right. And it's just how to study because it's so much information It's like, there's no way you can really obtain all the information you need. And then when you have, and then having a test that you don't know what you're going to get on the test. So you could study diagnosis, you could study medication, and then don't even get a question. It's almost like, I want to be effective in my studying. Like, I want to be prepared, but I also don't want to waste time studying a lot of material and I may get two questions.
0: Do you want to know the only guarantee that we can have during the exam?
6: then we're
0: going to have 170 questions what
6: else we're going to have application questions
0: we're going to have four hours to take it and you can only control who you are during that process we can't control the questions we can't control anyone else during the process but the way that you conduct and build yourself up when looking at the questions is going to define The result every single time, right? So rather than like trying to shove five thousand concepts into a thousand concept folder, break it down into manageable things that work for you, rather than something that it doesn't chain you up. You know, because you feel captive right now,
6: Right. right?
0: Like you're like, oh my god, how do I get out? How do I? And it's like the process isn't that deep. I think it's just easier to grab at 1 million things because there could possibly be on the exam rather than sitting down and saying, I don't know something and I'm okay with that. Okay. Cause you have to be okay with not knowing things. I don't know everything. I didn't get hundred percent on this exam. People ask me questions all the time and I'm like, um, not really sure where that came from, but I can give it my best shot. And that's all we can really ask for is for you to try your best and be honest that you want something deeper than your current job and that's okay. You can want more for yourself and there's no one that should be belittling that goal because it's something that you put hard earned time and money in.
6: No, I think my family and friends have more confidence in me than I do. Like they always talk about, how good I am at what I do and how I help them and support them. And they always talk positive. I think I'm more harder on myself and I don't see what they see because I feel like this test has just been for the last, well, since 2012 has been just looming over my head and I've tried to do a lot of other things to To replace taking the exam to be okay with not taking the exam, but it's just getting me further away from my end goal.
0: Because you're running. Mm -hmm. This isn't about the exam anymore. This is about your perception of where you think you should be, and you don't think you can accomplish it, so you're choosing something you don't want. Right. So, my suggestions, because you have a little less than a month, is to sit down and start viewing your situation differently and that your previous attempts and all you're studying is benefiting you rather than taking away from you. And there are going to be people that know more than you. There are going to be people that are more intelligent than you, better looking than you. But that doesn't mean you're not uniquely powerful and amazing.
6: Thank you, Phil, for that.
0: You are welcome. Because trust me, I know there are people that are way more intelligent than I am. There are people that are way better looking than me. There are people that have better genetics or better home environments or better work environments, but I'm okay with where I'm at because I love me enough to know where I'm going rather than taking a screenshot of where I'm at and thinking this is where I'm always going to be. It's not.
6: I really needed, I really needed this tonight to boost my self-esteem and to really motivate me to really make the last 25 days count. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that you need to tell yourself, it's not what I do that makes me who I am. It's what I do with what I have that makes me who I am. Because you don't have to do anything differently. You just have to keep being your amazing self to get those amazing results. But if you keep changing who you are, your results are going to keep changing to something that isn't you.
6: Correct. Thank you so much. and I look forward to um, participating tomorrow.
0: Like I said, utilizing
6: you the next, however I can the next um twenty-five days because I'm I'm going to conquer this
0: beast. I will try my absolute best, and like I said, just send me an email and I'll type my email in the chat, or I'll it's B E R D A twenty four at gmail.com. and just say like, Hey, I talked to you, and then I'll give you the process of how to get to the exam.
6: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you for being willing to share and being able, like engaging, because a lot of people are benefiting from this. You don't know how many people needed to hear that.
6: Yes, I I appreciate everything.
0: So does anyone else want to share or have any other questions? Okay, so I'll get into uh, this particular question. Has anyone taken the ASWB practice test before taking the actual Exam and think it was worth it. So, I personally did not take the practice exam, but one, I didn't know about it. And two, I'm very frugal. So, I like to utilize the resources that I have. And that's why the system that I've developed is I give as much back as I possibly can because I wish I had someone like me when I was studying. But I always tell people if you're going to take the exam, have one or two reasons for doing it. The first reason, to practice your routine, to ensure that you are able to sustain it. And again, the result does not matter. Whether you pass or fail it is irrelevant. This is for you to practice if what you're doing works and how it felt. Because this practice exam can give you exposure. But if you're going to take the exam to see if, quote-unquote, you're ready It's not going to determine if you're ready or not because that exam that you're taking is going to be different from your real exam. So that's why I always tell people, focus on the process rather than the result of the thing that you're trying to get done. This is a matter of, this is what I think I want to do during the real exam. Is it sustainable and can I handle it? And the second one, to get exposure to what the exam looks and feels like. Because a lot of times people who have taken this for the first time, don't know the actual process and aren't sure what it would actually look like for them to be able to take the exam. So that is where the two reasons are practice your routine and then get exposure to what it looks and feels like to actually be within the exam and 170 questions and have that database in front of you. Because a lot of times people do things for the first time when they first get into the exam. So when I took the exam, my first exposure to the exam was then. <laughs> So I didn't know what to expect, but I knew it was 170 questions and I knew that I was going to do what I set out in my mind to do and took a break when I wanted to take a break and took a second break when I planned to take the break. So that's the thing. Is it a good indicator if you're ready or not? No, because people have failed the practice exam and still walked into the real exam, kicked it in the chest, took their licensure and ran home. And people have passed the real exam and they've actually failed. Or no, they took the practice exam, passed it, and then they walked in the real exam and failed because they thought that they had it down, quote unquote, or they were ready and nothing could stop them. So that is the thing is the dangers of if having too inflated sense of self based on the practice exam. And again, establishing that routine, making sure it works, and then not reflecting on the result, but that your process is adequate to be able to be sustained and yielded a decent result for yourself as well as other aspects thank you so much for checking out my first podcast if you have any questions or concerns my email is berda24 at gmail.com and if you want to check me out on facebook my page is fill in the gaps llc i appreciate all the support i'll see you guys in the next one take care guys